Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. games are absolutely massive and we are here to preview them as well as talk about what's going on. I'm joined this Friday by Jim Orr. How are you doing, Jim? Good. Laura, a bit of a cold, so stand back. Yes. Running, so. Don't don't pass anything on through the screen. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, that's um, yeah. <laughs> Brian Degnan, you're also joining us today. How are you doing, Brian? I'm very well, thanks. Very well. Um, counting the minutes to tomorrow morning, if I'm honest. Um, yes. Just to see when it's all right to crack open the first drink. I think probably the day previous is a bit early, but um, but I'm on a on a clock watch. It is possibly a bit early. I don't know how. I, I don't know how. I, I get, well, maybe a game against Rangers with a hangover might be better. I don't know, but 
Um, who knows? Not sure this is the right message, guys, to give. You know, alcohol, <laughs> don't drink it. It's bad for you. you know. Drink responsibly. I've been tasting youngsters watching the show, so... Just say no. That's water no. into it, Brian, now. That's, yeah, it is, yes. <laughs> Um, we'll get plenty to discuss because obviously you guys haven't been on and there's quite a lot happened the the transfer window slammed shut as they like to say on Sky Sports last night mm-hmm. uh, so we'll cover a bit of that um, we've got obviously the Champions League draw and the opening game against uh, a wee diddy team called Real Madrid on Tuesday and um, a wee look back at, at the results we've had and a look ahead to the game first now Jim, I've, I'm going to start this thing so obviously you come on every two weeks thought I would start a wee segment called Since Jim Was Last On because I've got a feeling this is going to be a season where we can we can rejoice in it. So since the last time you were on, we've played three games, scored 15 goals, conceded one and established a two-point lead at the top of the table and maintained the only 100% record in the Scottish Premiership with a goal difference of 20 goals. How do you think uh, the last couple of weeks have gone? <laughs> Good, isn't it? It's good. What's your next question? Uh, I think it was before the Hearts game. Uh, it was last one. And uh, yeah, I thought they'd make a lot of changes because we were playing in Europe and they did. So I thought we were in second gear the Hearts game. bit similar to the Aberdeen game. The second goal didn't come until late in the game. Uh, I kind of routine three points. Uh, Robbie Nielsen moaning, as usual. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, that was the weekend that Willie Collum gave his masterclass at Easter Road, wasn't it? So, yes. Uh, Ah, he's the most inconsistent referee out, Colum. I think I noticed, I don't know if anyone, I, I, I never noticed anyone else saying this, but did, did Willie Colum actually get a good view of the penalty he gave? Because the angle I saw is he was looking through a whole bunch of players and he saw somebody fall. Does he's he need a good view, Jim? Before. Does he need one? He's obviously done this before. Somebody's fell in the box. It's just so inconsistent. Because, I mean, Hibs is a, uh, a decent penalty shout, or just as decent a penalty shout and doesn't give it. He sends off Lundstrom. Uh, and he keeps the Hibs guy on the part for, for two identical tackles. So just, just, just uh, you know, I just, the referees are poor these days. Uh, and then the people in sports, you know, just, just twice as bad. You know. So anyway, we won't go into that. What happened after that was Champions League draw. Was that? Yeah. Came after that. I, we got Real Madrid, what I said, two weeks ago. Yes. Hopefully we get Real Madrid because it's been over 40 years since I've seen them at Celtic Park. Uh I wanted two teams that I thought we could maybe beat. I mean, everyone at this level is obviously pretty good. And uh, I mean, check the comments on YouTube after you say these things. You think you'd kill Bambi? You know, it's kind of like, <laughs> what's this guy talking about? Uh, you, think, well, you want to get through, you know, and you want to give yourself a chance to get through. And I mean, I think uh, Leipzig are, are not that far up in a pot three team. So mm. can I give maybe two pot three-ish teams? And, and we've got a wee chance against those teams. And if... If you can win some games in Europe, that kind of builds up a bit of confidence, a bit of momentum. Uh, Real Madrid next Tuesday will be brilliant. It will be just a fantastic night. Uh, it's a free hit, as far as I'm concerned. I'm not so bothered about if you can put points on the board, as long as we play well. Mm-hmm. And that will give us confidence that we can maybe, if we can if we can play well against Real Madrid, then we can play well against anyone. So Leipzig and Shakhtar can follow suit after that. Uh, yeah. And I think, I think those other two games... We could win those against those teams. I think the way the dates have come out has been ideal as well. Getting Real Madrid first, where uh, sixty thousand going mad next Tuesday. Uh, Real's first game, they may be happy with a point. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And then getting them last, where hopefully they've qualified and the World Cup just around the corner. And you never know. So I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a huge leap to get into that last sixteen. We've got a wee chance. 
you know, and again because of the dates. I mean, if if they play Shakhtar first and then Leipzig and then not win those games, and then get realmed in the third game, that'd be a completely different game. But 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 Tuesday mm. would be brilliant. It will be absolutely brilliant in the Champions League package. I think it's all right. One hundred twenty nine quid. Uh, I said that last because you were scaremongering last time, Laura. You were talking about sixty quid a game and all this kind of stuff. And, I, but- I think mm. I was pretty clear it was a rumour and I don't trust rumours but you know we, should, we shouldn't spread rumours because that, no, that, no. that, that, that would scare people so £43 a game I said £40 a game it's a wee bit more than I thought it would be I think that's kind of okay compared to league games maybe not okay to 20 is plenty I suppose but uh, you know so that's coming up and then then last weekend was oh, I'd done United of course <laughs> I thought the last 15-20 minutes in the first half, were maybe the best I've ever seen Celtic play. They were just unbelievably good. Mm. The passing and the movement and the control and the intricacy of what they were doing and they made chances and they scored goals and they were just fantastic to watch. I mean, obviously, obviously the opposition weren't great, <laughs> but yeah. even if you're playing against a really poor team, to, 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 to that level of passing and movement, and absolutely brilliant. They kind of chucked it in the second half a wee bit. I, I thought one, again, I thought one third gear, second half mm. even. You know, scoring goals as well. I thought Hitati was unbelievably good. I mean, obviously, uh, Abada and Kyogo would get all the kind of headlines because of the goals, but what a great signing he has been. Just dead confident. Takes the ball, the guys around him, just shrugs them off, plays you know, 50 yard passes, does the really hard things, but does it really well. I thought he was brilliant. 9 uh, 0, but history. It's always good when you make a bit of history. Uh, then what? Oh, midweek, Ross County. I had loads of changes. Quite surprised. The big chap made that many changes. I thought they all played well. Again, I thought uh, Moy, uh, who I thought was a bit uh, safety first in the games I've seen him actually. He's playing a lot of kind of forward balls, put some good tackles in, thought he was good. thought Welsh was good, just a shame mm-hmm. he injured. He was good kind of breaking the lines, I think they call him that now, coming forward. Uh, Turnbull played well alongside him. I thought Carmack was good further forward. That's his best position, I think. Uh, Burnaby, I thought, played, played okay. I saw mm-hmm. some things on social media, having a wee pop at him. And that, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a tight park up there. So I think yeah. Burnaby at Celtic Park and the big wide spaces will be, will be fine. Uh, how do you say the new guy's name? Hacks kind of thingy, bitch, thingy. Haksabanovic. Haksabanovic. I'll say that three times. Haksabanovic. I thought he was really good when he came on. Uh, looked quite a strong guy, upper body. Looked, you know, you're not going to knock him off the ball that easily. He's not kind of Mikey Johnson where you could knock him out of the road. Mm-hmm. Dead confident, took people on. And then James, does he his wee cameo at the end. Uh, he'll not play every week, but what a, what, a, what a great guy to have in store. So, is that the last two weeks? Yep. Well, I'm I think so. Oh, the new guy came in, didn't they? The Danish guy came in. Uh, <laughs> yep, so just the last minute last good night. Signing. Yep. Good signing as well. I mean, I think we got most of our business done pretty early and then we get a wee transfer deadline story at the end of it as well. So it's, it's been great. I think hats off to Michael Nicholson. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think it's been an astonishing transfer window and I think that we all look at Ange. I mean, obviously Ange identifies who he wants in, who he wants out. But but the transfer business these days is such a complex thing. And then Michael Nicholson's pulled that off and whoever's Michael Nicholson's team behind him and I think astonishing job that he's done. So I think, you know, we should give him lots of credit. For this for this transfer window because the board are back to manage it and then Michael Nichols has made that. You see the money, you see the money that's sloshing about down south. You know, it's for us of this world are spending what 150 million pounds giving people. I've seen some ridiculous stats about Notts Forest spending more in this transfer window than like they've spent in the rest of their entire history and stuff like that. So I mean, I think we've got 
I think we need really good value. I think that's important. I think, I mean, mm. good value to me is that if you were to sell any of those players tomorrow, would you get more than you paid for them? No, you mm-hmm. would. You know, in some cases, you're kind of, you're Matt O'Reilly's of this world, you know, you're going to you know, multiply it by 10 or whatever. So, yeah, it's been, it's been a really good transfer window. Everything's in place. So it's just over to the big man and just kind of, you know, let's just go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I saw a thing on um, social media and it was a picture of Michael Nicholson and it said just said Specky Legend. Uh, and I thought, I've been called Specky, but it's not usually followed by Legend. I can think of another Yeah, I think he's done, he's done remarkably well. And, and I've said before that, that what you want from your chief executive is somebody you don't actually see. Yeah. Because if you're seeing him and you're hearing him, there's not like something wrong there. And uh and the previous chief executive was just a bit too much in the limelight and, uh, and maybe get a bit too involved in things. I think Michael, Michael Nichols done a fantastic job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Helen McCallum comes up on YouTube and says, Celtic v Real Madrid game sold out and I can't wait for my first ever Champions League game. I hope you enjoy that, Helen, um, to everybody who's going. Hope you have the best night. With that said, Brian, um, Jim touched on it. You've not been on since the Champions League draw either. What was your reaction to it? I, I, I described it the, the day after the draw as kind of the best of both worlds was that your opinion or were you were you hoping for a different <clears throat> mix of things no I, I thought it was kind of almost exactly what everyone wanted so you've got the, the headliner Real Madrid that's game that everyone's excited for so you've got that excitement um, as Jim says it's kind of a free hit especially the fact it's the first game I think if you get <clears throat> one well against Real Madrid that's it's not that you take it, you always want to get some sort of result, but that's a really good measure of where we're at. And I think I don't think we've got anything to, to overly fear from Shakhtar and Leipzig. Not to suggest it's going to be easy, we're going to necessarily definitely beat them, but I don't think anyone's going to go in thinking, oh, we're going to get sales here. I think we're going pretty confident. And as I say, if we can start off, even if we don't get a result against Real Madrid, Mm-hmm. Which I, I, I think we can. I always think we can get something at Parkhead. I always think there's just always that little bit of magic can happen. But even if we don't, as long as the performance is good. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the thing that Angie sort of spoke about since he's came in the club, isn't it? Is that it's just the performance. And then if the performance is right and they're playing football his way, results will take care of themselves. I think that would be yeah. particularly prevalent in Europe. And it'd be a good sort of measure stick to see where we're at. So I over the moon with the draw actually. I thought I wanted a I, I, I said loads of times I didn't really care who we got. As long as we've got at least one sort of I suppose marquee game. Yeah. And I think Celtic Real Madrid is is incredible. <laughs> um and I saw a brilliant thing um already, and it was the, the last two captains. Said the captains to play against Real Madrid was think it was Jimmy Johnson and Danny McGrain. Mm. And it became McGregor. So that's sort of sort of wonderful in its own way. And football's got a. I always, me and Kev Game used to always talk about the romanticism around Celtic, and I think things like that are just always kind of nice to talk about. And it just there's just always something extra about the club in Europe that I think kind of wonderful. And just hopefully, um, I say I think I don't think last 16's out with a reach. Actually, mm. I think it'd be an amazing achievement if we got it. I think we should be considering ourselves. You know, we should be looking at qualifying at least third, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, yeah, so there's to look forward to. Um, big week. Big week, indeed. I think um, we've got a chance, yeah, and just to follow that up on, obviously, because of unfortunate circumstances, Shakhtar away is in a neutral ground, so yeah. a game we've avoided, it's maybe going to some sort of hostile place like Turkey or someplace like that, you know? <laughs> so, it's all good. 
excuse me. Up in Poland. Um, but I, for, for that as well, again, it's <coughs> also the real life circumstances aside, it's, it's going to be an exciting game. And again, there's a story behind that as well, isn't there? And, and it's going to be a quite an emotional night for a lot of people. So again, just adds to the magic of the, the occasion. Absolutely does. Um, Jim, I presume you'll be there on Tuesday night. I would well, I would yeah. give anything to be there to hear the kind of roar that's going to be going around Celtic Park. I've been to a few Champions League games in my time that's been absolutely deafening. I don't think anything will match Tuesday night. A, a return to the Champions League after five years against the defending champions is going to be something As I said else. before, this is the first chance of the disco lights as well. And mm. as I said before, it's, it's a kind of bizarre scenario with that green spotlight <laughs> just... It's the players, and as I said before, the, the other guys are standing in the dark, thinking, something here. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like showbiz. It's, it's great. It's really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I wanted to get your thoughts <laughs> before we go on to, to, obviously, the Rangers game as the main focus of, of the next wee bit of the show. I wanted to get your thoughts on, on the transfer window. Brian, I'll come to you. I've got a, I'm not going to bore anybody by going through the entire list of players, I mean, we've shift, shifted out a massive list of players uh, uh, as well as bringing in um, a huge number of players. We've we've talked very often about the, the new signings and, and what they'll bring to the team. But I guess what I wanted to ask you, Brian, was how important do you think it is to do the less glamorous side of the transfer window, to do the, the shipping out and, the, and, and that side of things and do it as effectively as Andrew's done it? I think it's crucial. I think if you look at Celtic's, how we operate is a sort of in the sort of business side of things. I think you know having that extra because even though we never all the players have went to their loan or very low transfer fee, but the wages were freeing up. Mm. Um, and again, getting rid of those players as well. I mean, I don't imagine them would have been necessarily disharmonious to the squad, but what that does is it allows Poster Coglu and his team to focus on the players that are there and keep that quite fairly tight group. Mm-hmm. that way um, so I thought it was incredibly important and I think it was sort of it was telling almost how the, stru- the transfer window was structured because we got business done quite quickly and what I felt was quite important <coughs> the left back getting shorted getting CCV I think they were kind of essential things we had to get nailed down quickly mm-hmm. then it was like right that's done that's the the first priority done then we start to ship and as, I think you sort of saw as someone was leaving someone came in Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. 
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Mm. Well, that's roughly how it panned out, which I thought was interesting. I thought, again, just illustrates the point that it's so essential. He clearly did with. And, and I think, I know this is always about an Ange loving, but it's because he's doing a lot right. And I think yeah. if you look at how the transfer window was, everything, almost universally, everyone agreed on what we needed in the team to move forward. And that's real that everyone agrees, especially in transfers and players. Um, you know, usually called all sorts of names if you say it's a player, but I think most people said we need, you know, a defender, a left-backs, um, holding midfielder, an extra attack midfielder, a winger, or at least an attacker. And we got them all plus backup for the keeper. So, yeah, you've got to say, an absolute excellent transfer window. Um, mm. The only slight cautionary note I would say, because I think the phrase best transfer window ever has been used before. Yes. Um, under, under Lenin's last window, um, and you know how that went. Now, I don't foresee it going anywhere near that way, um, but we, we have to just be cautious about how excited I think some of the players, because they only take the bed in, but I think what you would have to say is Moy, I thought look, he's looked really good past few games, mm-hmm. really effective, um, considering that he was the one that people doubted, like, oh, yeah. it's really ambitious, but actually he's filling it all really well. And I think as we're going to Europe, I know Jared has spoken about this. I think Andrew go for this almost double double pivot. Mm-hmm. I like Moy next to someone who's a bit more dynamic, like McGregor or like um, the big Danish boy. Uh, I'll just call him Oliver because I can't say his second name yet. I've not heard anyone say it yet, so I'm not going to take a gamble and give me the fellow. Um, I think that's going to work really, really well. Um, and as, as Jim said about Haksibanovic, just looked at It's so funny. For such a short cameo, it was very telling how he came on. Mm-hmm. Direct, powerful, tricky, and you think, mm-hmm. hold on, Jim will know better than me. And you certainly know as well, Laura. I think sometimes when you look at a player, almost you, there is a, a, a judgment right away. You can go, oh, they look the part, or I'm not sure about them. Yeah, but in that it really looked like we could have a good player here. So, um, so much to look forward to, and, and I think, and somebody just an, an absolutely sensational transfer window. Really, and, it's, and Jim said credit to the CEO because. Everything we've sort of moaned about, we've sort of done. You know, it's been it's been efficient, been quick, long contracts, clever business. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and he's back absolutely, and he doesn't ask for any more. I was saying last night, Jim, um, in, in the, the home group chat that we're not allowed to talk about, um, I was saying how I just think we've been acting a lot more pragmatically as a club. Things like... Uh, Mikey Johnston going out on loan but also simultaneously signing another contract for another year presumably on the basis that if he has a successful loan period at Victoria Gumares we can actually get some compensation for that in terms of selling him on so rather than sending him out for I don't know how long his contract had to go but potentially the last year of his contract and then losing him on a free next season um Comparing that to when we we lost Jack Hendry in the way we did, are you encouraged to see not just the quality <clears throat> of the players we're bringing in, but the way we're operating in the market? I, I agree a lot of things that Brian said there, but I, I'm going to use a phrase I used to use years and years ago. Whenever there was, I kind of like uh, 
uh, and a company changed something. Uh, I'd always used to say, how come we just became so smart? Mm. You know, we're, we're, we're going to change this and change that. So how come we just became so smart? And, and what you described there was like, is it good we're doing this, that, and the other? And you said, well, that's just sensible business practice, one would think. Yeah. So if we're just doing this for the first time, how come we just became so smart? <laughs> how come we didn't do that in the past? You know, whenever there's any structural changes in any kind of company, you think, well, how come we, you know, why did we do that before? You know, so mm. I think if we're doing that just now, we haven't done it before, that that, that raises questions about what happened before. And I think, as I alluded to earlier, that it's quite a complex business, this, this, this transfer stuff. And I think you tend to forget, I think fans tend to forget that we're dealing with human beings here. You know, and if you see, I get rid of somebody like that, I'll be a yeti, get rid of him. This is a young guy who's, how old is he again? He's 23 or 24, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a young, young guy. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a really young, young man. He's just, you know, uh, and he's on maybe, you know, whatever he's on, 20 grand a week or something like that, and we get rid of him. So if you're Albina Yeti, you're not going to walk, you're going to, hold on, I'm on 20 grand a week here, I'm getting this, I'm getting that. Uh, from his from his own life, his family life, or his friends, whatever. It's a very complex thing. It's dead easy to say, get rid of him, get rid of that, whatever. So it takes time and it takes, you know, a lot of effort from somebody. It just doesn't just happen. And that's why the fact that I managed to do this, as I said, you know, says a great deal of it. Michael Nicholson and what they've actually done. So there's that aspect to that the fact that they've managed to managed to manage that. If they're doing things now they didn't do before, as I say, that raises questions about how good they were before. But that seems to be quite a kind of sensible thing that they've done. The guys are brought in again. I mean, the teams in England are going to the same markets. You know, mm. they're going to these kind of markets and spending 30, 40, 50 million on these, these teams. And obviously, these teams see them coming. <laughs> it's like, oh, EPL, whoa, you know, what we were thinking before multiplied by 10. You know, so some of the players we brought in, and Matt O'Reilly is a perfect example. And I think there's a kind of snobbery factor in the EPL. That if mm-hmm. you're at Liverpool and you could have bought Matt O'Reilly for one and a half million back in January, you think, well, if he's only one and a half million, he's not good enough for us. Mm-hmm. We'll wait till he goes somewhere else. Van Dyke's a good example of that. You know, they could have picked him up for not a lot of money, but he goes somewhere else. So let's spend 80 million. You know, goodness was how they can afford this amount of money, not as far as, as you were saying there, are spending silly money as well. So mm. we're getting, I think, really high-quality players for, in relative terms, not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, we must have some transfer policy that, that how much we want to spend on players, what's our upper ceiling in this? And I was, I was dead surprised that we get both Cameron Carter because and Yota. So I thought six million for each of them. Whether you think it's good, bad or indifferent, it's a lot of money. In Celtic terms, I know we're in the Champions League and all this kind of stuff, but you're, you're then committing to wages for certain amount of seasons, and we've brought in loads of players as mm-hmm. well. So I think, you know, just I'm repeating myself now, astonishing bit of business to get the players in that we'll get in. And and although Ange is a guy that said, obviously, we want these guys in and these guys don't have a future, somebody else has to make that happen. And Michael Nicholson, and whoever his team is behind him, has made that happen. And the bit you said earlier, Brian, about is it the best transfer window ever? The transfer window that you spoke about there, the one with Barca and stuff like that, that was a phenomenal transfer window, I think. So the manager had had, had, had the tools, but it didn't do the job. And that's what I said earlier. I said that we've done all this kind of stuff, it's over to Ange. Now, you've got these, which look on paper, really good players in. Mm-hmm. You know, so this time last year, I think <coughs> we're all kind of saying, well, the big man has just come in the door. He's inherited no very much. Our expectations aren't maybe that high. Now our expectations are way up here somewhere. Because not only has he built a really good team last year, playing some of the best football Celtic have ever played, 
you've you've augmented that with however many signings they made, eight, nine signings of really high quality. So so the big man is no excuses if we don't do well. This is not that we'd look for it. So it's down to him. I think it's been a phenomenal transfer window and it's over to Ange now to kind of like, you know, make that happen in the park. Yeah, see the, 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 the point we made there about how we've done things in the past. What's interesting <clears> is we also this idea, and I think the idea was get these players in who are come from sort of un, underserved markets, underviewed markets, and sell them yeah. on at a profit. And generally speaking, we, we didn't do that well. We, we, didn't, we got it right, we got it very right, but it was a lot mm-hmm. of times buy 10 players and hope to sell one at a profit. Yeah. I think Andrew's still working within that sort of remit, but he's just doing it better than most people. And I think mm-hmm. if you look at our squad, so I know we don't want to talk about this too much, but if you look at the sale on value of that squad just now, mm-hmm. and offset that against the money you paid out, it's incredibly high. <coughs> O'Reilly is an example, Kyogo, Jota, Carter Vickers, you know, I mean, these are yeah. guys that you go for a, a substantial amount of money, especially if they perform well in the Champions League, if we've not paid that much for them. And yeah. that's an example of the way we've tried to do business for years, but it's not quite worked. So I actually don't, I'm not, I think we've been better at the system we've put in place years ago, if that makes sense. So I don't mm. know if there's a huge structural change in terms of the, the idea. I just think the execution's considerably better than it has been. And I think that comes down to much to Michael Nixon as it does Angie's eye for a player. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think that's entirely right. I'm just going to run through some of the comments because we've had them flooding in while we've been while we've been chatting. Uh, Nihilus Jack says, um, as, in regards to the Champions League tie, we've got a glamour tie and two beatable teams. The draw for once was perfect for us. Um, we've got, uh, in regards to the transfer stuff, Aidan Barrett says we're in a great position that even if we lose a player in January, we already have a ready-made replacement. I think it was referring maybe to some of the stuff we talked about earlier in the week about the way Ange sets up his system and things. He's always got people in his mind uh, that... Um, that, that he can have uh, to come in and replace Alan Jones. Alan Robertson says lessons learned from Jack Hendry as we were talking about before and lastly Ryan Kelly says hope both Ajeti and Johnson can do well in their loans for this season. I find the choice of club and league for Johnson a bit interesting. Different culture could be beneficial in the long term. Um, I don't know Jim I'll come to you on that that particular point about some of these loan players Johnson and Ajeti who are maybe closer to the first team than some of the others who have gone <coughs> out. I guess the way the modern the modern game works with loan signings with an option to buy or an obligation to buy, very often loan signings are basically a player leaving the club. Do you see that as being the case for Ajeti and Johnson or do you think there is any potential future for them at Celtic Park if they if they succeed in their loan spells? I think just to follow on the, the point that Brian just made there is that mm. I, 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 the, the next challenge we've got is like when do you sell these players? What's what yeah. the optimum time to sell these players? And that'll be interesting to see how that kind of pans out because there'll be a point where you think this is maximum value time. And if you don't sell them now, then it's going to depreciate. And that's what happened to, you know, in Cham and Boyata and these kind of guys. So that'll be interesting to see how the big man works that one out. In terms of the loan stuff, I mean, anyone who plays a game for Celtic Football Club is a good player. Mm. You know, and that's that's what annoys me when people say, you know, he's a bit of a duffer and embarrassed the hoops and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, these are these are top class players, and and under different circumstances. I mean, Ayeti came in and he was on fire mm. when he first started. It's what was it? Was it was only the first four or five games, and he got yeah, something like that. Yeah, fell apart. And these these wee things can just just set you back, and and you know, and and in a kind of different universe, you know, 
he's our main striker. You know, and we haven't bought Kyogo and, and whatever because he's been he's been so good. Uh, I think the loan thing needs a lot of thought in terms of where you where the player goes to and and ultimately it has to uh, advantage the club mm. at the end of the day. So wh- why would you put him on loan at a certain team if it's not going to advantage the club? So interesting choice, yeah, for Mikey Johnson. You hope they're putting at a high enough standard. And I'm thinking into that, that whole kind of B team discussion. If you're not playing for the Celtic first team and you've got a potential future with the Celtic first team, you need to be playing at a level that that is going to test you and, and is going to push you. And I don't know enough about the leagues that they're in. And I think we've said in the past, there's a case to be made for putting them out to SPFL teams because you know that's the league they're going to be playing in mm. once they come back. You know, and if, and if they can't cut it in an SPFL team, then there don't have as much future for them mm. back at Celtic. So. Yeah, I think I think that again, the transfer market is complex. I think the loan market is complex. And there's no Man City have their own loan manager and, and stuff like that trying to manage. Yeah, yeah. And I most teams. Gary Colbert, isn't it? Gary I think I, I, that's I, that's I must have heard that. I a lot of the bigger teams must have you know similar kind of jobs going, and then they have to monitor the players in terms of how they're getting on, etc. You, you don't just like, loan them out together and wonder how they get on. So obviously there must be things in place to make sure that works. So, yeah, we have to be better at that. Hopefully we have been better at that. And hopefully the teams that they are going to are, are kind of a, a good enough standard because I don't think the B, I don't think the B team thing is a good idea. But mm. we'll leave that for another day. But to answer the question, I hope it's went to a team that's playing at a good level. And one would assume again, if it's kind of sensible business practices, that he's been closely monitored in terms of how he's doing. So that if we do bring him back, then we've got a better player than, than left. And if he's not a better player than we left, then we have to cut the ties and and off he goes. And football is ruthless. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a ruthless business. And uh, there's always somebody over your shoulder wanting to take your place and, and what have you. So, And that's a challenge for Ange to try and keep everyone happy because mm-hmm. I think it's, it's been well documented in the last few days. I mean, we have got a, a good quality, we've got two, sorry, two good quality players for every position. Yeah. So how do you keep them all happy? And you say, well, we're going to the Champions League now, we're going to be playing two games a week, blah, 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 blah. But if you're a player you want to be playing all the time, and if you're Yakimakis, see, I mean, you're desperate to play. Every time he plays, he scores. Mm. And that must be dead frustrating. And I don't think he'll play tomorrow, but again, that must be dead frustrating. So so a football manager's job is a pretty tough gig at the best of times, but you've got that kind of quality there. How do you keep them all going? And the interesting thing now will be that should we not win certain games? I mean, Andrew got you know, a lot more difficult time than he got last time. Why mm. did you play him? Why did you play him? Whereas before, it was like all we had was those players. Now it's where you should have played Jack and Marcus with kids, but played Hearts and they're more physical and blah, 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 blah. So again, that'll be interesting. It's going to be such a fascinating season. Yeah. I think that, I think this is the the strongest <clears throat> squad I can remember, Brian, in terms of what Jim talked about there, about having two starting lineups. I saw somebody did an outlay of it after the transfer window closed on social media last night, <clears throat> suggesting two or three different teams we could put out, and which all seemed strong. And I guess that feeds in as well to... You know, I can't think of looking at the list of players that have left of one that I thought, oh, I'd have liked to have held on to him. I'd have liked to have seen him get his chance, that kind of thing. I think as Celtic supporters, and feel free to correct me if you feel differently, but I think we're all satisfied with where the squad's at going into the, the number of games that we've got ahead. Well, the thing about it is, you know, Celtic should always have two players for every position and you should always have, you know, players fighting yeah. each other to get places and stuff like that. What... I think it's quite interesting. I've said it before, I don't think Ange has like a, an A team and a B team as such in terms of 
a, a, a preferential <clears throat> a preferential eleven and like a secondary eleven. Mm. I think what you see is you see just mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Positions changing slightly, so dropping out, so that squad will be used. And it'll be like, that team plays this league, that team plays in Europe. Mm. I think the only differences in certain players is the sort of level of of athleticism they need in Europe. So, like, I've used Yanovic and Ralston as an example. Like, I don't think there's much between them in terms of, you know, what they offer. But the biggest differential is how athletic Yanovic is mm. compared to Ralston. You can see the same for Turnbull and Hitati. The biggest difference is clever footballer as Turnbull is. He's not as athletic as a Hitati or an O'Reilly. Mm. See the same for Moy, right? So there is partners there. We can see they'll probably play and the games where it's a very athletic. But across the rest of the team, it's a pretty even spread, I think. Like, mm-hmm. we were talking about Yakimakis there. If he was to start tomorrow, I don't think there's anybody that would be going, oh, no, Yakimakis is starting, what's he doing that for? Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that's an excellent position. And it's almost a, I think you're right when you say, Lauren, that it's the strongest we've been for a while. But I think that's more an indictment of we've not been where we should be for a while. Yeah. Because I think we should always be in this position. I think anyone that plays for Celtic, I, I, don't, I don't like this idea of buying a squad player. I just don't mm. see the point. If you're buying a player that you can, can step in. Um, Jim mentioned Welsh earlier. And I think, you know, him next to Jens, that looked a solid enough partnership for me. I actually think Welsh is really underrated. I think mm-hmm. I think he's a, your best ball-carrying defender. And I think he's really good domestically at that, at charging forward with it. <coughs> so again, if he start the games and they're rotating, I, I don't think as much a drop-off in quality as certainly there would have been last season. Um, so it's it's a it's just an excellent position to be in. It's so good that when you see a lineup now, you can be excited because eventually you see how those different dynamics work. Although, you know, they're all good players. They're all slightly different types of players as well, which mm. I think is key. Um, you know, Jack Marcus and Kyogo, they're both excellent strikers. You'd be happy with either of them. But the dynamic, they bring to the team slightly different. And you see that across midfield and at fullback and stuff. Um I think, like, it's been noted before, I think Abad and Ralston seem to have quite a good relationship. Mm-hmm. More so than, than some. So it's interesting to see if that factors in. So it's just so exciting, really. It's, 
it sounds like a, it's not the best analysis, I don't think, to, to just be excited about the game, but it's just an excellent position to be in. And, and I think that whoever starts tomorrow, for example, I think you have to have faith that that's the right choice and the result will take care of itself. Yeah, no, I think... I think also, even though Angie's got a lot of choices, and there's maybe no option A or, or A or B team in there. In any football team throughout the ages, the spine of your team is the most important, but you don't mess with the spine of your team and you need players to, to make the spine up. And that's a goalkeeper. Joe Hart picks himself. Your two centre-backs, Cameron Vickers picks himself and I think there's there's a question mark over who, who partners him. So maybe that part of the spine isn't, he, isn't he there. You want a playmaker, which we've got McGregor, and you want somebody who scores goals up front. We've got choices for Kyogo and Yakimakis up front. So I think the spine's there. He's not going to mess with that. And I think he's still trying to find who the partner is with Carter Vickers. And once he, once he finds that, I don't think he's going to mess with that. Unless we're playing maybe a, a League Cup game or maybe a kind of one of the lower teams at Celtic Park in the league or something like that. So the spine has to be there. And I don't think you deviate once you've got that spine there. And it's almost there, I think. Hopefully it is. Hopefully it is. We've got, you know, strong teams regardless. And I think what we've talked about and what Brian touched on there is rather than a first 11, we've got a team that, that can... It can interchange and I think need- also a lot of sorry button there, but I think no, also right. a, little, a little bit of caution is that is that we've not been tested yet. Yeah. You know, tomorrow's a test and Tuesday's a huge test. So so you know the kind of conversation may be a bit different. Next time we're on, you know, that we're saying, Oh, we're dead excited, and we've got eighteen, we've got B we've got hundreds of players, here's two big tests for them over the next couple of games. So let's see where we are after those two games. I mean it's it's, it's, it's good so far, the tools are all there, big man knows what he's doing. Here's two big tests for you. So let's let's see where we are come Tuesday night. Well, oh, that that is fair, but I think I think the point I was going to say, and the reason I'm using them as an example, is we don't have like a a Ralston of a few years ago where you see him in the team and go, oh my god. And and the reason I use Ralston as an example is it's not even necessarily change in personnel that's made that change. It's a change in the standard at the club and and. And the yeah. expectations of the fans and everything that the the players that are being played are trusted by the manager and therefore trusted by the fans. So if Anthony Ralston is in the team, we know that it's because he's good enough to be there and he's had the performances and we can spread that uh, to back up and we can spread that across the rest of the squad. So um, it's certainly going to be interesting, like you say, to see what happens when the two teams are tested and the next game's coming up, which we will get to talk about in a second. Um, Robert Heinlein does make a good point, though. If any new signing does well in domestic games, they'll automatically expect to start in Europe. That's why they came to Celtic and manage expectations. Jim, how do you think How do you think the manager does that, considering it will be the carrot that was dangled in front of a lot of these players that, oh, if you come, you're playing for a Champions League team, even though you know, the way that the squad has been managed, it might mean that they don't end up playing in the Champions League. I think it depends on the individual concern, Laura, that yeah. what kind of mentality they have. Do they see the bigger picture or, or not? And again, you know, it's, it's, it's dead easy to be a fan and look at this. But if you're a, you know, if this new Danish guy comes in and he gets straight into the team, who gets left out for him? Is that Matt O'Reilly, for example? So mm. over the last couple of weeks, if you believe social media, he's been linked with some big moves which would, you know, you know, multiply Sally by 10 times, whatever. And all of a sudden, he's not playing against Real Madrid, where they thought he was going to be playing against. So how, do you, how does he cope with that? Does he mm. throw the toys at the pram? Or does he, does he, does he stick out? Football's a very short career. You know, they have to make as much money as they can over that time. And although that you can talk about the atmosphere is great at the club, and but 
The atmosphere is always great if you're winning and you're playing well. And hopefully we don't go through a wee sticky stage. But if we do go through a wee sticky stage, then that will show the character of some of the players. Who are the guys that are going to stand up and be counted at that point in, two, uh, at that point in time? I think it's a hard one. That one, who's, who's, who's willing to stick around? If you're not going to get a game and you're always sub and you only get 10 minutes of a game, and that's a huge thing as well, as I've said before. People think, well, you know, if you come on with 20 minutes to go, you know, you should you should then impact on the game. But you've only got 20 minutes, mm. you know. To get up to the speed of the game and your confidence is down because you're a sub, you know, you're not properly warmed up. And then you may only get two touches of the ball in that 20 minutes, then the next game you'll sub again. So, yeah, I think that's a... I think as fans, we think this is dead simple. But if you put yourself in the position of the player and that's their job at the end of the day, and as I said before, these are really young guys, 23, 24 years old. That's just nothing. You know I mean? You know, 23, 24 old guys, you think they're just, they're just kids. You know, and we are kind of adul- you know, adulation for these guys. I always remember Eddie came, Eddie was what, 21 or something? 22. Yeah. You know, everyone's chanting his name. He's, like, he's only 21. And he carries all our hopes. But he's only 21. For goodness sake. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be dependent on the mentality of the players. And I said earlier, I said a couple of weeks ago, something, I thought they. The Burnaby was a kind of strange signing, the fact that we went to Argentina and brought this guy. I'm not saying we shouldn't sign Argentinian players. Some, somebody in the comments said, did I know Diego Maradona was Argentinian? And I thought, no, I <laughs> was he really Argentinian? You know, I wasn't saying we shouldn't sign Argentinians. And I wasn't saying that we shouldn't cast a net wide. See, that was a bit strange, you know, signing somebody from Argentina. I can understand if he was playing maybe for a, for a Danish team, maybe a bit closer to us. But, you know, so so... I'm fascinated how you actually go about signing players and who do you pick and how much do you pay for them and all, and all that kind of stuff. So if you're Burnaby and you get any about, and you get into a bit of bother the other week hmm. off the pitch and stuff like that, so how does that play in your mind and all this kind of stuff? So, so to sort of try and, try, try and answer the question you asked, it depends on the mentality of the players. And if you're a Yota, you expect to start. If you're a Carl McGregor, you expect to start. If you're in that Abada, Yakimakis, uh, Tony Rolson, you think, mm, I'd like to get a game. And what happens if you don't get a game next week, next week? And it comes about 10, 12 games and you're always subbing. That much, because you've been training all week, high intensity, as Annie says, you know, so you're ready for the game and you don't get a game, you're sitting in a dugout. And, you know, so I think, you know, obviously they paid a lot of money, but they're still, they're still human beings at the end of the day. So so how, the, how Ange manages to keep all that together... That's a bit of a challenge for him, isn't it? It is a challenge, as is the game at the weekend, which we'll come on to in a second. But before we do, I just wanted to say to everybody, thank you for watching. Please like and subscribe to the channel. You know the spiel by this point really helps us out. Um, And we've got great football content as well as fully produced music and culture content on the channel. There's usually some new form of content at least every day, as well as the the Celtic uh, match coverage, which you can join us for as well. Um, And just before we go on to talk about the Rangers game, I just wanted to highlight, Paul has kindly um, offered me the platform to highlight um, that the Glasgow Hospital Children's our children's hospital charity will be doing a sponsored walk in Fundy um, at, I think it's Kelvin Grove Park uh, this Sunday from 10am to 4pm. If you can't do the walk, you can go along, uh, pay for a ticket and it goes to a good cause and it's a family fun day as well. So if you're looking for something to do with the kids on Sunday, it will be uh, hopefully a nice day for it and uh, you can help uh, raise some money and have some fun at the same time. So if you're going, uh, have have a great time. Uh, you're doing a wonderful thing for, for children in need. Um, Brian, uh, 
back to football and matters. Um, Rangers on Sunday. They are two points behind us at the moment. They haven't tomorrow. had... Uh, it was tomorrow, sorry. Not Sunday. I wouldn't be telling you to go to the fun day on Sunday if it was the uh, same day as the game, obviously. Um, tomorrow is the game. Um, two points ahead of them. They've not had quite the flying start <coughs> that we've had, but they are still going to be a challenge for us, a difficult team to beat. How do you see things panning out for us um, tomorrow in general? Is it going to take for us to to just go at them the way we have every other team or is there going to be a different approach required? No, there's, <clears throat> there's not going to be a different approach even when we play Real, I don't think. I think you may slightly jig tactics a little bit, but I don't think there'll be any change to approach. Um, yeah, they, they've all you know, exploded at the gates, but you have to look at the, the games they've won in, in the way they've won them. You look at the PSV game away, I never saw the game, but by all accounts, it was a, a really good performance. And they kind of set up almost to be put under pressure. So it, 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 I don't think they necessarily just sit back and take it and try and counter-attack. They do try and press the front as well, but I, I feel like, I don't want to give them any credit, I think Van Bronckhorst has sort of set them up specifically to play against teams like Celtic because he knows that's what it's going to be up against in Europe and also domestically. So I think it's going to be a tight game tomorrow. I'd love to absolutely battle them and make it a 9 now, but I, I think that it's exciting as we've been getting, <clears throat> not just based on this season, but based on how well we've done last season, the fact we look a bit better. Mm. I think they've also improved a little bit for last season. And I just think it's we need to no be cautious about it, but I think it's going to be a tighter game than people think. You know, I think you know what you don't want to do is have people start to panic or get antsy if it's with no score three in the first half again, mm. because I don't think it's going to go that way. I think we'll win, and I think we'll win reasonably comfortably for a for a derby game. But I, I don't think it's going to be a walkover. I do think they'll they'll they've set up to play against us specifically. I think. Yeah. Um. So it's going to be interesting to see. And um, what I would say is. I think we've got so much individual talent and creativity that that should that is the weapon. When you go back to the the nine nil game, one of the, the the best pieces of play I think in the whole game was Matt O'Reilly's ball for I think the third goal. Mm-hmm. I took it first time and pinged it directly to um, Abad. I think it was. It's just an exceptional bit of quality. That just it's not something that most players can do. Things like that, and we've got players like that in a team that can do that in abundance. Newcastle's movements incredible. Jota's always capable of pulling out a bit of magic and again like O'Reilly and I think Hattie as well um, we, we do have better individuals but I just think it's going to be a game of patience a wee bit tomorrow but I do yeah. think uh, I'm sharing your conf- your cautious optimism, I have to say. The Godfather says if Celtic are really up for this tomorrow, I can see he's hammering them. And um, Pre says I haven't been so confident of beating them in years. One quick, go- quick goal and it could be a hammering. Jim, where where does this uh, uh... sense of confidence sit with you? I know it's not everybody's favourite position to be in. They'd rather be the underdogs going into a game. What, what's your thoughts on it? How many times do you see this? I think we'll hammer them. I think we'll do this. I think we'll do that. And then, you know, it doesn't quite turn out that way. So, been watching football for too many years. I think, I think they're a far better team than a lot of Celtic fans give them credit for. Uh, I think they've got a decent squad of players now. I think Van Brockhurst is an upgrade on the previous manager. As you can see, they're Villa languishing at you know, the bottom of the league. And Michael Beale's doing really well at QPR. So I think we know. 
uh, how they did well before. Uh, yeah. They were, you know, you know, one kick away from winning the Europa League. They go to PSV and knock them out of the Champions League course. So they're a far better team than uh, a lot of people think they are. So we, we, we talk about our, our run and, you know, we've only lost one domestic game in however many games it is. Out with the Glasgow Derbies, they're in the same boat. I mean, they haven't lost many games at all. And I think, that, as I alluded to earlier, I, I, I thought the lonesome standing off was a bit harsh the mm. other week and they dropped the points because of that. You know, he, if he stays on the park, they don't lose that game. You know, so that decision puts us two points ahead. Obviously, we've got to do what we've got to do. Uh, I think they'll treat it like a European away game, as Brian said there, in terms of how they set up. I think they'd be happy with a point. I think they can't afford to lose tomorrow. They can't afford to go five behind tomorrow. And I think, you know, if they come out of Celtic Park with a point, they'll be happy. I've watched most of their games, and people say, well, why are you watching their games? Because what they do impacts on what, how, how we do. Yeah. Eventually, you know, if they didn't qualify for the Champions League financially, they'd be in dire straits. You know, and last season, they're not, they're not qualifying as a bit of a game changer because if they qualified last year, they might have gone and spent money on better players and we might not win the league. And if they're playing Hibs, then we're all Hibs fans, obviously, because of, as the old saying goes, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So yeah. that's why I watch them because I want to see how they're doing. And in the PSV game, uh, and certainly the game against Hibs, the, the boy Sands that plays at the back, He's a midfield player mm. and he looks like the biggest liability they've got. So I'd imagine Absolutely. If, if he's in the team, someone should be sent off last week, obviously, as well. If, if he's in the team, that's the guy you target, that's the guy you can play on there. Uh, I'll be interested to see the team Ange plays tomorrow. And although I agree with Brian in terms of Ange, they're going to change how he plays the game. I'm interested to see what he does tomorrow because either I think if we play our own game, he plays a badder and he plays Jota on the left because mm. they were. Sensational last week, but we know the biggest threat tomorrow comes from Tavernier. It will come from set pieces because that's, I mean, they're more direct. They'll just ping it right. Tavernier brings it out and he whips in them. The quality is crossing. I mean, no matter what you think of him as a defender, offensively, he's phenomenal. You know, yeah. he'll be whipping those crosses in. So, do you leave Yota to pick him up or do you leave Maeda to pick him up? And Maeda's obviously a better bet because the guy's just perpetual motion. So, I think that'll be interesting. I think if he plays Maeda, he's playing him, he could try and Stop Tavernier playing and he'll play Yota on the right. And Yota's not as effective on the right. So, I mean, I'd, I'd be happy no matter who he plays, but I think if he plays a badder, he's going for it, you know. And yeah. if he plays Maida, I think he's been a wee bit cautious there. I think the rest of the team picks itself, apart from that centre back again, who's going to partner like Carter Vickers. I think Starfelt will get the nod because of what he did last year and he's played in these games before. Mm. and he's kind of getting back to fitness and I think he trusts those two and I think Jens would be at a risk and Welsh may not be fit you know so in terms of the game tomorrow one of the things I was concerned about it's not been mentioned very much I think is our second half performances against them and I include the 3-0 game in that you know the 3-0 uh-huh. game and I said it on the podcast at the time if the mantra is we never stop when you go three up at half time then it should be 4-5-6 yeah. and it wasn't we either Van Bronckhurst changed something tactically or the levels dropped or whatever it was, we weren't as good. And people made the point, ah, we just contained them and stuff like that. Well, that's not the Ange philosophy. So I thought, well, you know, they had the better of that second half. And the subsequent games, they were the better team in the second half. I know the last game at Celtic Park, we should have been out of sight in the first half, but we weren't. And they were hanging on mm. at the end of that game. They should have won that game in the last 10 minutes. So the second half performances have been a bit of a concern. So hopefully that's not 
something tomorrow. My head says we should win the game. Sorry, my heart says we should win the game. My head says I think there were a lot of goals tomorrow. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was kind of high score and draw tomorrow. And uh, like like Brian, it'd be great to batter them. It'd be good to win the game convincingly. Whatever. If we don't get beat tomorrow, I'd be happy with that. But I think something I've said before, if you want to win the league, the Glasgow Derbies, I think you have to win a couple of them. Yeah. And obviously the home games are the ones that you look to win them. So hopefully we can win the game. Hopefully we put on a good performance. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And hopefully there's no injuries ahead of you know, Tuesday night. That that is a big factor I'm worried about as well, is that obviously we come out unscathed. We all know we all know how physical um these games against Rangers can get and hopefully uh, that doesn't that doesn't do us any damage for going into Tuesday. Brian, um Jim touched on it there, the the kind of different options that are available, Abada versus Maeda, Starfelt versus potentially Welsh or Yentz, depending on fitness and, and approach to the game. Given how well the team performed against Ross County with such a, a different lineup, and the fact that we also have the lineup that's, you know, beat teams nine nil and the like uh, previously in the season. What what kind of lineup do you see Ange going for? Is there going to be any surprises in there for you in terms of personnel, even if you think the approach is going to be the same? Possibly, I think <clears throat> it depends. It's hard. You don't want to try and second guess the big man because you're usually wrong, right? So, I think. Um, I do agree with Jim though. I think Maeda should start mm. purely because if you look at is it Cholak or Kolak, whatever there's I don't know how you say his name, the big yeah, Chorlak, I think maybe. He mm. if Tavinia's putting balls into him, he's gonna go at the end of one. Yeah. It just is. So you have to stop either him or you stop the supply or you stop both. So I think Maeda's ideal for that. I also think, you know, offensively, if you look at the amount of goals we scored for him getting in behind the lines and crossing it for Kyogo. I mean, I would say, I think 70% of your goals this season have been that move mm. or sort of doing the same thing. So I think he's key. I think it would be a shame for Abada because he played really well. Mm. But I think, you know, that's how I would line up. I also would play Jens over Starfield. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same reason as I play Mieda and that I think your Starfield's weakness is that he's, he can sometimes get caught underneath bigger strikers. Yeah. And he gets a bit flustered. Now, his, his recovery tackles are very good. <coughs> he's a good defender. But just against that big physical presence, sometimes he gets a bit high and he gets caught up in things a wee bit. A, a bit like the way Julian, uh, Julian used to do. Yeah. We saw, that, we saw that against Ross County uh, the other uh, night. He got caught under the ball. I mean, Jens wasn't completely faultless either with it, but it what? certainly was a factor leading to that goal. And I think we ends with his height in the box. Maybe handle that side of things better. I also mm. think he's better passing the ball for the back, and I think yeah. they will press as high, and I think they will try and get on any mistakes Starfield might make. And again, no harm in Starfield, but he is slightly less um, comfortable on the ball than Jens, and I think that's very important. So I would play Jens for that, and again, Jens in the opposition box as well, big unit. Um, he's got the height as well, so I, that would be my. They were the only two things I think. You maybe see differently. I think Jens will, will start and Maeda will start. Otherwise, I think the rest of the team kind of picks itself for this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suspect it was CCV, Juranovic, Taylor. I think Taylor's been excellent this season. I think he, he needs to start. Um, I think it'll be Kyogo, um, Hitati, O'Reilly, and McGregor in the middle of the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's ironic that we've talked about the potential rotation of the squad and the use of the entire squad, and yet we do also. 
And we also think there's probably a squad, a team that picks itself. So Jim, I think a big man knows. Yeah, I think I think he knows what he's. I mean, although we said before he doesn't have any other B team, I think he knows what he's what his best team is with one or two positions that he may have to kind of play about with. And I think uh, we're quite a small team. We lack a bit of physicality, so I could see the kind of sense of playing Jens. But I think if he plays Jens tomorrow, I'd imagine he's going to stick with him for the season then, because it's, it's a huge game. Tomorrow and uh, and Starfield has been his go-to guy, and if we leave Starfield out tomorrow, I wonder where Starfield would get back in. Yeah. Oh, what What's your thoughts on on that rotation. particular um sort of dynamic, Jim? In terms of obviously you've talked about for the Rangers game specifically that he trusts Starfield and so he may go with him. But is would Yentz be your preferred partner for CCV for the rest of the season, or or do you not have a preference? I've not seen enough. Not enough of Jens and uh, and Starfield has been a bit of a whipping boy mm. a lot of the time and I've I, I kind of backed him up last season when he was getting pelters and that. I thought he's, he's kind of yeah he looks kind of awkward and, and he's playing on the left on the left hand side and he's right footed and yeah but I think more often not and yes there's a mistake in him but there's a mistake in every player I think and I think the other thing is we've not been tested yet and if you if you're Jens you walk into the team and you're scoring overhead kicks and and, uh, and you're winning games. Easily, and you know, you, you may, maybe think this is a kind of walk in the park, mm. and think the next two games are going to kind of you know maybe uh, uh, make a bit more way. There's going to be some games I see that are not a walk in the park. And I think if you're playing games at Celtic Park against all but one opposition, then you're going to have most of the ball, and you, you, you're not going to have to defend that much. Uh, they're going to have to defend a lot on Tuesday night because mm. you know we won't have much of the ball. Chances are we'll have a lot of the ball tomorrow, but there's going to be a lot of defending to do. Uh, yeah, I can see the sense of bringing in Jens because of the physicality of, of their team and the, and the threat of show like and, and the set pieces. They'll be they'll be focusing on the set pieces. If they're going to score, that's where they're going to score their goals from. Um, I think so. I haven't seen enough of Jens to see whether I think he should win or not. If he was to play on Tuesday night and play really well, then I think that's that's the centre back pairing Jens and Carter Vickers for the season. But uh, I couldn't know because there are so many options. See, yeah. I think Starfield might actually be better in Europe just because, for that reason, I think he's no I think goals, yeah. as a, just an, an out-and-out defender. I think he mm-hmm. is very, very good. You know, and I think his positional sense is good. And I think in Europe, he's not going to be facing the type of forward he'd be playing mm-hmm. in Scotland. So I actually think he might be more yep, suited to Europe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I think maybe Jens will play tomorrow. And this is what I mean about the certain positions where I think will suit certain opposition. And that's where you see the changes. Mm-hmm. I think tomorrow, the reason I think the team picks itself tomorrow is because we're technically far better in the middle of the park. So you want your technical mm-hmm. players there. You may find that against one of the European sides, he puts the big Danish boys a double pivot with McGregor. Mm-hmm. So you get that balance of physicality and mm-hmm. um, energy. Whereas domestically, yeah. you don't need to do that. So that's why I think that's where I think you might see some of the changes. Um, so I say it's no when he targets staff out tomorrow I think Hugo will probably start tomorrow um, yeah. although I would probably start Yakimakis because mm-hmm. he, he seems to ruffle their defenders whenever he plays but yeah, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think they like playing I think anyone likes playing against Kyogo right but I think mm. they particularly find it uncomfortable with Yakimakis because he really enjoys that physical side of things whereas I think Hugo mm-hmm. is a much better place to start in Europe because he's cover movement especially mm-hmm. if you're going to go on the counter-attack. So, again, it doesn't mean they're going to rotate it all the time, but that's kind of how I, I would maybe foresee it coming up. Yeah, also like you, Brian, I agree that I think Maida will, will play tomorrow, but that means Jota on the right, and he's not as effective on the right as is 
unless you, so you lose that wee bit of you know creativity, I think. But uh, yeah, I think the team picks itself with one or two, <coughs> one or two positional changes. So it's exciting times. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, kind of uh, I said before, but if that if that winter break hadn't happened last time, we'd have been playing Owen Moffat and Joey Dawson and all these kind of guys, <laughs> know, back in January. So it's good times. So hopefully we get two good results in the next two games and. And that's a catalyst for a really good season. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just enjoying sitting listening to two people talk about the different options and thinking actually there's there's reasons for all of them. There's no there's nothing I disagree with. It's just good to be in this position and have this luxury. But who would you play, Laura? Then okay, back to you. Who would you play? Who would I play? Um, I, I personally just overall I prefer Yentz, but I can see. I can see your point about Ange trusting Starfield having played in the fixture before. So I think going forward in the season, I would prefer Jens, but I can see I, I can see a case for Starfield tomorrow. So uh, that's me firmly sitting on the fence, Jim, in case you weren't, <laughs> in case you weren't aware. Just, just, and up front, who would you play? I think I would probably go... Um, <laughs> Do you know something? My, my brother and I were talking about this last night and he went Maeda, Kyogo, um, Jota... But I really like, like you were saying, how effective Jota is from the left. I think he gives us so many options and I'd be inclined to go for it with Abada because I think I think Maeda will play against Real Madrid regardless on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And so we might go with Abada from the start, certainly, uh, tomorrow so that Maeda's fresh to do what he does best against Madrid on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. But that might be putting too much consideration into the following game and not concentrating enough on this. I'm not sure. Hmm. Okay. Um, but we will we will surely see with that said hmm. um, we're going to wrap things up Brian and Jim thank you very much for joining me today um, it's been a good one uh, who knows what kind of a week we'll have had by this time next week but uh, one thing's for sure it's going to be what's your forecast time. for tomorrow Laura you didn't give us a forecast oh, forecast oh uh, do you know I'm going to go I'm going to go 2-1 Celtic I'm going to say 2-1 um, okay. what about you Jim well, I said I think we could win three one, but I just have a feeling there's gonna be a lot of goals that may end up a high scoring draw. Oh, nice. Brian, what about you? Uh, two and a half. Here's my bits. Here's I, my I, bits think be, I think it'd be a wee bit cagey at points, but I think <clears throat> I think we keep a clean sheet and I think that's key. If we keep a clean sheet, I think we definitely win. Excellent. Can I push you for a, a prediction for Tuesday? Four nil. Celtic can I think uh, uh, Gee, you're, you're laughing now, Brian. Somebody's going to record this and play this back to you. So just. Oh, listen, I, it um, <laughs> I think uh, I would love to see a draw, but I think a really good performance, but they, they win. Right. I think we'll lose 2 1. We'll lose 2 1 on Tuesday. Do you know, I, you want to go in and win every game, but I think if you come out with a, a goal and you don't get a hiding against the Real Madrid, yeah. I'd, I'd take that. I would take that as a re- reasonably positive start. So I'll go with that, Jim. Well, if anybody does want to put four nothing on and it comes up, he's a wee, a wee slice of it. Oh he's my like, god! Oh, Do you know? I might. I don't know. Four four. Is that after you've been sectioned, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can he find them? Where is he? Oh, he's you know he's away. Listen, somebody, somebody will be doing it and do it, and they could laugh all the way to the bank. Who knows? Who knows? Mm. There you go, Patrick McLaughlin. I'll bring that one up, Jim. Four uh, three uh, Real Madrid, uh, or four three Celtic Real Madrid. He says. So, um, who, who knows? That would be exciting. Although it might not be good for any of our health. <laughs> anyway, uh, we which, will see what which, happens. 
Which Madrid is that? You said Madrid. That could be, you know, Madrid amateurs. Or Madrid. Uh, Madrid. Yeah. yeah. No real. Planter Madrid. Don't know. Planter. <laughs> uh, but we're waffling now. Sorry. Okay. We're waffling now. Um, you, we, we were back for the match coverage this weekend against Rangers. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, we are doing cross coverage of that with Celtic down under. So um, the lineup will be at this point unconfirmed, but you'll you'll know it as soon as we do for for the for the game. Jim, Brian, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks everybody in the comments for joining us as well. And uh, one hoops. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.